0: Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie and I'm Savannah and on today's episode we will be talking to Mary from 10 Bloom Cakes. Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I
1: approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more and you do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I send me everything. You know, baking is It's such a craft. All of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy,
0: and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way.
2: So this week in the bakery, we did a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. We worked on our website, and we also worked on some new flavors and filling combinations. And those are super important. Your flavors, your cake flavors, your flavor combinations. Your It's a dessert. Those flavors are important. I know when I got married years ago, my wedding cake was really beautiful and yucky. No one ate it. Nobody ate it. We sliced it up and had it sitting out there. And there were plates of cake sitting all over the the wedding site afterward, because no one wanted to eat it, it just wasn't good. And so when we decided to do wedding cakes, that was one thing that I was determined that I wouldn't do, (laughs) is have a cake that people didn't want to eat. And so we've really tried hard to have good flavors, good combinations, things that that will wow people, we want them to be excited about the cake when we bring it because it looks so pretty. But after they actually take a bite of it, we want that to be what's
0: settles in their mind. Yeah, what's memorable. For me, when when I first kind of started to want to make cakes, it definitely wasn't about the flavors. <laughs> it was definitely about the way it looked. I just wanted to create something pretty. But my mom, on the other hand, she's all about creating the good flavor profiles. She's super creative and she'll go try crazy flavors that end up working. And so I think that has definitely helped me to realize that, yeah, it's not just about the way the cake looks, it's about how it tastes, and seriously, that that is more important, honestly. I mean, obviously, we want the cake to look good, but like we mentioned, it needs to be memorable, and people might kind of forget the way it looks, but people won't forget the way it tastes. I mean... it's true. Yeah. There's a couple of
2: sandwich places that I know of that uh, I actually daydream about their sandwiches. So (laughs) a good taste of something stays with you.
0: So sandwiches for her. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, we all have something that we've eaten and we just can't get it out of our minds. And we want our cakes to be that for people. We want each guest to remember it and kind of search out for who made this cake because at weddings honestly it it, like people don't really know who made the cake unless you go ask the bride and groom and so we want people to taste it and then go find who made it yeah and that's who you are (laughs) that's how we'll get more customers you guys and so seriously just take the time to work on those flavor profiles and make sure that your cake looks beautiful and reflects your clients and is memorable in that sense but also just work on those flavors to get them to be delicious and memorable and to have people wanting more
2: yeah for sure another thing we worked on this week is our website and we have some thoughts we wanted to share with you about websites because your website is super important it's it's the way people find you sometimes that's the first thing they'll find about you if they're doing a google search But it's also a way that people can engage with you in a way to get you orders and to and to actually become customers and so it's really important that your website be attractive and easy to navigate and that it is um, something that actually gives the information that a client needs Um, you don't want to have a website that's just pretty pictures it needs to have the nuts and bolts of of the order too so
0: absolutely and one of those being prices because especially as like as I was getting married and not for wedding cakes cuz I made my own wedding cake but for other vendors I kept looking and looking and I found several websites that did not have their their prices listed and that is definitely a deterring factor for me. I don't want to have to specifically email or call the company to find out their prices. I just want to go online, see the prices, and that will help determine my decision. That
2: immediately lets you know if you're a good fit for that vendor. Yeah. And it immediately lets lets a customer know if they're a good fit for your business. And I get it, I get sometimes not wanting to put that because it might scare away some people, but the people that it would scare away aren't your ideal client anyway. And so it's best to put that price on there you don't want to have to have them emailing you because that uses their time and your time, potentially, for someone that isn't even a, a client. For sure. So have the information that they need. Have flavors and fillings. Have have your um, your dessert menu if you do desserts. Have your pricing. Just have those things on there so that they can see what they need to see and make a decision before they ever have to bother you.
0: Absolutely. One thing that we've done to kind of help this process and make it a little more easy on us as well as the customer is we've created some order forms um order forms for celebration cakes as well as a consultation request form and so the consultation request form has their wedding date when they want the consultation to be it's got the flavors and fillings they want yeah so it's got all of the information that will help us to know a if that date even works for us b where it's located, if we can deliver that far, c um, if we if we can, if we want to, all of the, yeah. all of those factors. And so that helps so much in just making it easier because before we were getting tons of phone calls, which is fine, phone calls are good, but we were getting tons of Instagram direct messages and those take a lot of time to make sure you're seeing them, make sure you're responding, and then The conversation continues and it just takes a lot of time and hoping
2: things don't get lost. It's good if you have a form that has all of that information that you can easily refer back to. Yeah.
0: And so creating that form definitely helped people not go to Instagram as much to message us, but to go on the website, which is good because every time you get a website visit, It helps in your Google search. Um, You'll go up in the search. Which is how we're all getting found now. (laughs) For sure. No more
2: phone books. It's all about
0: the internet. So you want to be able to be searchable. Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, creating that form was key to helping us stay sane and helping us stay organized with these consultation requests because... Unfortunately, before the virus happened, we were getting tons of requests and tons of um, consultations, and so it's gone and it'll downhill happen again. It'll <laughs>
2: happen again. We have but, to keep reminding ourselves it will come back.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Seriously, that form has saved us, and then along with the. Um, consultation request form we have the celebration cake order form which once again gets all of the information we need the theme the number of servings they need the date the date all of all of those information wow all of all of
2: that information <laughs> all, of, all of those facts
0: <laughs> that will help us to determine if we want this order if we can fulfill this order and yeah, help us stay organized. Yes,
2: and speaking of forms, um, if you do set up forms, just know that until you train your email, your forms might actually go to spam. So or to like promotions. So I
0: guess depending on how you do it, maybe we just did it in a really dumb did. way. We all,
2: <laughs> all I know is that the first few uh, forms that were sent to us went to our spam, and we didn't see them until days later. And yeah. so so just always check that, and if something is there that shouldn't be there move it to your main file, and kind of teach your email to recognize your forms. And yeah. we don't have that problem anymore, but just a little
0: a little tip from experience. Learn, learn <laughs> from our mistakes. <laughs> but yeah, so seriously, work on your flavor profiles. Make sure that your flavors are delicious and memorable. And then also get your website up and going. Maybe some of you don't even have it up and going. Uh, it took us a little bit to get it going and to get it in the way that we wanted it to look we wanted it to be a good website and so it did take us some time but take the time to do that because a website is seriously vital you guys to running a good successful business
2: yep so shall we move ahead and get mary on the phone we're excited to talk to mary today from 10 bloom cakes so let's get her on Hi, Mary. We're excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Great. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, well, we would love to just hear a little bit about you um, and your life in North Carolina. So, Sure.
1: Um, I am a mom. I have two boys. They're four and one and a half. Uh, yeah, they are a lot, uh, but we live on a farm in rural north carolina just south of raleigh and um we have you know i look out the window and i've got horses in the back and all of that stuff and i uh work out of my home uh bloom cakes is a cottage licensed business so Uh, it's very you know homegrown out here although it does get a bit uh what's it gets a bit what's the word? Uh, Not difficult, but interesting when I need to meet clients for tastings and things like that. They're of course welcome to come out to the boonies, but most of the time they don't want to do that. (laughs) So, So do they come to see
2: you or do you have to go to them for tastings? It's
1: a mix. Um, I actually have been meeting a lot at Starbucks because they can't kick you out. I'm considering renting a space where I can meet clients for tasting. So we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, it's kind of like I'm the only game in town that does what I do. So if you want, you know, a cake from me,
0: then we'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, we got to make it work. (laughs) But that being said, how did you get started in the cake industry? How what what started it off for you?
1: Sure, so about 10 years ago, I started a blog that has been horribly, uh, horribly neglected the past several years, but uh, I was very devoted to it at one point in my life called Miri in the Village, which was just recipes, mainly some DIY stuff, and it got some traction, Um. I decided that I was just going to learn how to cook and how to bake and be the best at it. And it was going to taste amazing. Uh, So I taught myself, I lived alone and I was not in a relationship for a very long time. I was single for a long time. So I had time on my hands and I made a lot of good stuff. I taught myself how to use a camera, all of that good stuff. And my main focus was flavor. Just because I lived in a neighborhood that was mostly kosher people, mostly Jewish people that kept kosher. Uh And I I had the largest kosher grocery store uh, at my disposal uh, in the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm going to go for it. And I had a completely kosher kitchen. My passion really led me to uh, work at a company called Delicious Cookies and Milk. Uh, which is a very expensive cookie company that is kind of like a status gift for uh, celebrities and studio type people. We catered mainly to the studios and I didn't work in the bakery. I actually worked in the business part. I got to understand luxury branding and luxury goods and especially luxury foods. So I worked there for a while. Um, I had an amazing, amazing boss. She's my friend to this day. And definitely I consider her a mentor in a lot of respects. And um, from that job, I ended up moving into marketing. So I was working for different uh, firms in LA. And then I got pregnant and I got laid off when I was on maternity leave and So I thought, I can't, you know, do this rat race. So we moved to North Carolina, where my husband's from, and I continued to work in marketing here. So, um, but mainly in-house, you know, for different companies, uh, helping their business expand and i got pregnant with my second child and was laid off again on maternity leave. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. So that was when i said to my husband i was i said your turn, you know, he was freelancing <laughs> at the time and i was the one bringing in the the regular paycheck. i said okay, your turn to to bring in the regular paycheck and i'm going to just kind of figure out who i am right now. Um, It
2: sounds like you needed to be your own boss too. So you wouldn't get laid off. (laughs) Exactly.
1: I mean, the marketing world is like definitely a revolving door. It's not stability central for people with kids. Um, so anyway, I ended up stumbling upon an Instagram account called butter blossoms and I know her (laughs) and she's in Thailand and, um, Now, keep in mind, I had been laid off. So we did not have the money that we were used to having in our home. Um, And I was just like obsessed. I was like really trying to figure out any way I could get to Thailand and (laughs) learn how to do what she did. Um, So I just bought myself a set of palette knives. I made some assumptions. I read um, what I could about oil painting and, and clay sculpting. And I, uh, just stared at her pictures for hours and I, I practiced and you know what? I d- had no idea what dummy cakes were at the time. So I made like four cakes a week Oh wow. <laughs> and I practiced as much as I possibly could. And what was kind of cool though, learning that way was, I um, I, I had thought that she was using American buttercream because it looks so sculpted, what she was doing. She actually uses Italian meringue buttercream Mm -hmm. um, that's very cold. (laughs) And and just like there were uh, some other things that were just a little different. So over time, my style and her style is very different. You know, we kind of diverged in our own sort of um
2: signature looks but you did in fact her stuff is really beautiful but yours yours is equally beautiful but different and you can absolutely distinguish yours from hers and I think that that's a, a true artist I mean you can tell that it is yours right yeah well thank you I mean
1: um and what's cool is I can like there are a lot of people that tag me on Instagram saying, you know, this cake was inspired by Ted Bloom cakes and I can look at it and be like, oh, I think that looks like my a little bit like my style, you know, or if somebody is trying to replicate something from Butter Blossoms, it looks more like her style. So that, that's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, that is cool. So how is it working with with two little kids? How old did you say they are? Four and a half and one and a half okay, so you've got your hands full, <laughs> yes,
1: and um finally we at the beginning of uh two or yeah two thousand twenty our family went to Israel for about a month, where I taught over there, and when we came back, I loved i just like. I had all this help from my husband you know to help with the kids and i thought i can't do this by myself anymore with the kids around it's impossible and um so i did enroll my youngest in daycare at this local uh church that's just very sweet and has been wonderful wonderful with him and my four and a half year old is in a preschool That's only half day, so it it is what it is. But he can entertain himself most of the time. So,
2: yeah,
1: gotten a little bit easier. But it was beyond difficult (laughs) before that.
2: Well, I know you travel a lot and teach. I've seen I've seen your all your locations that you're going and. Um, how do you do, how do you manage that? And how does that work with doing, do you do mostly wedding cakes or celebration cakes or kind of an equal number of both or, um, I do probably
1: more wedding cakes now. It's funny when you start off with a cake business, it's like, you're just waiting for those wedding cakes to come in and you just get a lot of birthday cakes and anniversary Mm -hmm. cakes. Which I fell in love with doing because people weren't very particular and it was mainly like a special
0: treat kind of thing. And And I kind of give you more creative freedom that way.
1: Yes, I had so much freedom and it was low pressure. Um, And I had a few wedding cakes and then some cutting cakes. And then uh, what like the onslaught came, just it's nonstop requests for wedding cakes. Um, So I am having like to turn down some orders just because I can't fulfill them on the particular date they want it. And also um, I had to like put up a minimum for wedding cakes and I can't have cakes anymore. Um, Because it, it's, it's not that I don't, want people's day to not be special or whatever it's just that I find with the smaller, like the smaller the order of the cake the more particular um they tend to be and that's Mm -hmm. not really worth my time um when you calculate it out and it sounds like really mean to say it like that but
0: no but yeah when you get to that point and you are to that point, which is so awesome. And you reach that point of success and you just kind of have to work with that and take on the clients that you can handle and and that you want to do as well. C- cakes that um, inspire you creatively.
1: Everything I do with my business, it's a choice between spending time with my kids or providing for my kids. Mm. Yep. So it's all for them really. So if I'm not spending time with them, then I need to be providing for them or at least uh you know, recharging my ba- my own batteries so I can be
2: Yeah. There with I them. I actually really love that that um the way you said that because I think we sometimes forget that and we need to remember that our job isn't just because we want to work it's because it's providing something for the people that we love. And so, right. Yeah. That, that was, I like that. Um That being said, how do you, your customers find you if you're on a little farm South of Raleigh and <laughs> in rural America?
1: <laughs> right. Well, I do have um, a very loyal following on Instagram. I would say that probably 60% ne- now 60% of the customers that come to me um, are from Instagram and at the beginning it was 100%. Now I get a ton of referrals and that's because when I uh, started my Instagram account, I just followed all the local wedding planners and wedding Mm -hmm. type people in the area. And um, you know, I was doing something totally different, so they all wanted me to do styled shoots, and I said yes to everything. I said 2019's my year of yes. If you have a request, ask now. Otherwise, I may have to say no. So um, I did every styled shoot that I was asked to do, and through that, I got to know a lot of vendors. Um, I got to develop really good relationships with uh, venues. There are uh, probably... I would say
2: hmm,
1: around at least 50%, maybe even 75% of the venues that I am uh, doing the cakes for this year are the same group of venue owners.
0: So,
2: yeah. So, do you find that most of your cakes are for in the area where you live or do you do destination weddings where they have you come in and do yours? Because there are so few people doing exactly what you're doing. Um, you know,
1: I, so that's kind of like a twofold answer. It's like a multifold answer. Of course, I get a lot of requests from brides that find me on Instagram or, and are like, do you ship your cakes? So no, it's all, the <laughs> there's no way to do that. Um, not a good idea. And then they ask how much delivery is and I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I'm, especially like To the mountains. I get a lot of people in like the Asheville area, which is in Western North Carolina, um, asking if I can deliver there. And it's about a five-hour drive. Oh,
2: Um, wow. So So do you do that ever?
1: Well, I I say, if you want me to deliver there, it's going to cost, you know, a certain amount because I'm missing out on a whole day of work, plus the driving Mm -hmm. and the gas and all of those things. And then they usually come up with some other solution, Um, but uh, what's been kind of cool is that because I've been doing these workshops all over the country, there have been a few standouts of people who've really dedicated themselves to practicing, um, who are just pulling me away with the work that they're doing, so um, I'm able to refer a little here and there, which has been very nice. But also, um, I it's so funny because in the fall, I was uh, I got a direct message from uh, Finding Lovely, who has a blog. She has like ninety thousand Instagram followers. I had no idea. I didn't check her profile or anything, but she sent me uh, a message saying, "I just love your cakes. Would you schedule a workshop in Boston?" The weekend of February 1st, it's my daughter's birthday, and I would love for you to be in town to do her cake. And uh, I thought that was such a hilarious request, you know? <laughs> I said, that's so funny, because I, I had no plans to go to Boston at the time. And it, like, unbelievably, it worked out just perfect, because wow. I... I got the, when we went to Israel, I got these really great tickets from LL that were like business class, but for economy price. And, uh, but we had to leave from Toronto and we had to leave on certain dates. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll just drive up to Toronto. I'll do a workshop in Toronto. We'll fly to Israel. We'll do our thing there. We'll come back to Toronto and then I'll hit someplace down the Eastern seaboard. And I just randomly thought, Oh, I'll go to Boston. And so the moment I announced that workshop, she comes with my DMS again, Hey, so you are going (laughs) to do a workshop that weekend. And uh, so I had her buy from her favorite bakery. I said, just go ahead and buy a cake, you know, a cake, whatever layer tiers you want or whatever. And um, just make sure it's coated in buttercream. Like and then you decorated that cake. I decorated that cake,
0: yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Perfect. <laughs> that's cool. So how long have you been doing the destination classes? Like when did you first start with that?
1: I first started in September. Um, I had a lot of requests for tutorials and workshops. Um from coming from all over the place, so I thought, okay, well, I'll go ahead and um, do this, and I priced it what I thought was, like, really industry standard, um, and thought, oh gosh, this is going to sell out. Well, it didn't sell out, but it did, you know, do pretty well, did okay, and I started in um, Los Angeles, where I'm from, at my old bakery, and so there were some trips where I definitely um, broke even. Uh, but over time, it's become, become more and more savvy about how to do these workshops. And I can really do them myself. Um, there are a lot of places that host, uh, you know, teachers or instructors to come teach at their facility. And I was, you know, trying to contact them and you know figure out something that would be workable but truth be told uh there just wasn't enough room for them to make money and for my and for me to make money um or at least the money that
2: would be worth being away from my children right so So what did you do to remedy that do you rent a space yourself and do it yourself now instead of having a host Yeah, so I basically do the soup to nuts, you
1: know, I, um, send all my supplies to like an Amazon locker, uh, in the city that I'm going to. And for a while I was putting them in like hotel, um, meeting spaces and things like that. Um, but then I smartened up and I was like, just rent a huge house on Airbnb. Oh, okay. Smart. Because then I don't need a hotel room, and it's also when you are using a different venue, it definitely feels sometimes like you're invading some space that you're not supposed to be in.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And so it's just nice, nicer to have the privacy, I guess, of a full house. Um, But also, I've been working with West Elm. Uh, so I've hosted two West Elm events and I have one more to go. I did one in Boston and then I just did one in Los Angeles on Sunday. And then I have a Charlotte one coming up and those are kind of varied far, you know, few and far between just because each West Elm is kind of, it's not a franchise, but it's treated that way and that the manner managers have full, um, you know, decision making over who comes into their store and does things.
2: So you're so, teaching a class at the West Elm store? Yes. Okay. And it's like very fun actually. In
1: Boston, they put us right in the window. Oh and wow. They loved it because people were passing by and saying, you know, what's going on in there. And oh, then that's cool. in the store, so it uh it was very helpful for them. We were in more of a private place at the Los Angeles store. Um but yeah, it it's kind of cool, you know, you got the music playing. You're usually in like a metropolitan area, so we go out to lunch someplace nice.
2: So, yeah. Awesome. So, what would you say is the hardest part about what you're doing now, like dividing your time between teaching and traveling and doing cakes? So uh, the hardest part for me with traveling,
1: um, I don't know. It's it's not totally foreign to me. In another life, I was a flight attendant, um, so I know all the ins and outs of you know that high, that you know travel life of you know coming into a new city and how to stay in your right time zone and all of those things. I would say the hardest trip that I've done so far was to montana uh for a private event um and i have never driven in snow ever i'm from la i live in north carolina so um i knew nothing about that and they rented me this car like just a mid-sized sedan there's no uh snow tires on it i seriously almost died a couple times but you know other than that, it was it was fine. It was a really nice event.
0: So. Good, yeah. Well, we've kind of talked about social media and your social media is just incredible. You have such a uniform look. And so I'm kind of curious about how you were able to get such a uniform look and kind of your tips and tricks to help other cake makers who are just starting out, their Instagram page, for example, kind of what they should do and what they should look out for as they're starting their Instagram page for cakes?
1: Sure. So if you actually scroll down to my first Instagram post, you'll notice that I chose a totally dark background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I just want to be different. You know, I felt like you, I all I saw were these like really white backgrounds with the cake in front of it. And I thought, you know, maybe I'd, I'd stand out if I had a dark background. But when it comes to food, you want to keep it as clean as possible. So you can never go wrong with white ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just a white wall uh, in my it's actually in my bedroom. And then a desk that I put a white sheet on top of that I photograph my um, my cakes.
0: Do uh, you photograph all of your own cakes? I do, except okay. for the,
1: the photos that are, you know, from a styled shoot or something that you can tell is like a styled photo.
2: Right. Yeah. Um. Do you, but, you
1: what kind of camera do you use? I use a Sony uh, A7. I think that's what it's called. A7. And uh, so it's a full frame lens. um, And it's that I used to use a a Canon Rebel. So it's definitely like a huge step up from that. But I was able to get it used from like B&H Photo online. They have like a lot of great used stuff. And it was only about a thousand bucks. So and I use that to videotape my YouTube videos as well. Uh, but yeah, so I think that the, the thing about cakes is that you want to photograph them straight on. You don't want to photograph, graph them at like a top angle. They always look best just straight on. Um, and I am real, here's the thing is that I've been working with DSLR cameras forever and I've been working in Photoshop forever. So there's a lot of things that I know about photography that have definitely helped me in this. But I think the idea is to stay as clean and as, um, as bright and as possible, you know, not overly like, you know, airy, bright, not washed out, but very clean and very light. Exactly. Yeah. So once you get that look down, like I said, just go ahead and like find the, if you're, if you're doing wedding cakes, find the wedding people in your area and just follow them, follow their followers. I mean, Instagram gets weird about that. They might suspend your account if you do it too much, but follow the right people. And you, you know, if you're doing something that's really cool and different, then um, the, the right people are going to get behind you and awesome. invite you to do styled shoots. Um, I also uh, would just like email uh, venues and I emailed them. I said, look, here's some pictures of my work. Um, I'd love to be a part of an open house if you have one in the future. And I've gotten a lot of business from that.
2: Good. Yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of being proactive and making sure that you're in contact with the right people. Absolutely. You
1: know, relationships are the the heartbeat of any business. And if you're not pleasant to work with, then people won't want to work with you. So, no sure. matter how good your stuff is, <laughs>
2: And um, going along with that, how do you what do you do to make sure that you stay like excited and don't have burnout or feelings of being overwhelmed that might affect your mood and how you relate with people?
1: Yeah, you know, I give myself if I get an email that just rubs me the wrong way, I give myself a night to sleep on it (laughs) because or if I give it. If I can't give myself a night, then I, you know, at least a couple hours, or I like have my, you know, my friends like group chat that I'm just like, so who does this person think they are or whatever? And, you know, let it go. Um, taking a beat is huge. Even if you have to reply to somebody late, just, you know, people respond to kindness, whether it, well, even if you're rejecting their work, their order or whatever it is, you know, if you handle it in the, in the right way, they will probably refer you to other people or use you for something else. Um, I would say that just after this first year of being in business, going to Israel for a month with my family and I did a little bit of work there, but just really reconnecting with them was so crucial for us. It was, incredible to have that time with them for so long. Um, and then also I just, I make, I practice every single day. So I am always having to, you know, come up with creative ways of challenging myself creatively, (laughs) creative ways to challenge myself creatively. So I'm always finding ways to challenge myself creatively that are, um, you know, going to really push my boundaries. So for the month of December, because I needed content to last while I was in Israel, um, I asked my friends to look up a color seed on either Pinterest or Google. And a color seed is kind of like when you see a picture and then somebody pulled like five or six colors from it. And, you know, you can use I, I love those. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I asked them to pull that Whatever one they wanted, and to give me a flower that I had to incorporate in a cake with those colors. And I think I got like 20 responses or something like that. Just, no, maybe not 20, maybe more like 12 or 13. But, you know, where I went through and I did a cake with, and I was challenged, like gladiolas, I'd never done gladiolas before, you know, and I've never done certain color combos before. And um, if I got like a color combo that seemed kind of typical, you know, like green, white, and pink, then I thought, okay, well, how can I make this untypical? So I made the background green and the leaves pink and the flowers white, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Right. Um,
1: now also on youtube i have a new series um on the states so yeah
0: i saw that which is so cool yeah
1: so because you know i just needed something to inspire me um, big Sufjan Stevens fan. He only he said he's going to get. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. He said he was going to get through fifty states. He only got through two, so I got to finish this project for
0: him.
2: <laughs> um, That's awesome. So basically, you take some time to have downtime with loved ones, and you do things that keep you inspired.
1: Yeah, and sometimes they're just like really silly ideas. But I have so many dummy cakes at my house. And so I can practice every single day. I recommend people do that because not everybody has that luxury, but because I'm sure that like, if you're working in just a street bakery, you're making like 11 unicorn cakes a week or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have that luxury where I can be like, okay, well, what kind of wacky project should I, you know, have my followers uh, succumb to this week? And, so was uh, your
2: peacock one of those projects was what was your peacock one of those projects um yeah i
1: actually have two peacocks um and they're exactly the same the the first one is like way down in like uh in my feed so it was done spring of last year and i freaking love it it is so good <laughs> um it's in a magnolia tree the cake is gold like it's awesome but um because the cake is gold it just did not stand out as much or maybe it was too overwhelming for people and it just didn't get as much of a response as this particular one that you're talking about with the red background and i think it's uh-huh. just it just stood out like just popped but that one was a color seed challenge and she and she was like, "Okay, you want a challenge? I'm going to give you something crazy." And she gave me like the craziest color seed that she could find, and the flower was like some kind of it wasn't a Venus flytrap, but it was like some other kind of
2: carnivorous plant oh, or wow. something like that. So Well, it is awesome. It's a beautiful cake, but all of your cakes are beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, if you had one tool well, we'll make it two. If you had two tools that you couldn't live without, what would that be? Um, the first tool would
1: be uh, the my cake safe discs that I use to make like those perfectly sharp edges on my cakes. Okay. Because I don't know if you guys. I mean, I know that some people make them out of like cardboard or whatever, but. Man, that cake safe disc is just like a lifesaver to me. Um, and then the second, I know that you guys want me to say a palette knife.
0: <laughs> well, I thought you
2: would, but no, I want to hear what you have to say.
1: <laughs> I mean, it would probably okay. Of, of my palette knives, it would definitely be my smallest palette knife. I I am dying for like some like a Teco or some company that makes cake related items to say, hey, would you like to put together a line of palette knives? Cause I have opinions.
0: <laughs> well, anyone who is listening, get on that because yeah. she'll make a good line.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. I have so many like opinions of what should happen and the shapes and all of that stuff. So um but I would make a line of like mini palette knives for sure.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about any fun things you've got coming up? Um, yeah. So if you go to 10
1: then you can see that I have online tutorials available. Um, so those you can do from the comfort of your own home. And it's basically like if you did the foundations class, it would be the same thing as going to a workshop. Um, And then I have workshops all over the country that I do need to update my website with all the locations (laughs) where they are. Um, But if you go to my Instagram, they're definitely all there. Uh, So if you go to the link in my Instagram, which is at 10 bloom cakes, that's one zero B L O O M cakes. Um, Then you go to the link in my profile, then you'll see all of the, uh, workshops. And then some of them say like the, um, the venue is TBD and that just is because it's going to be at a private home and I don't feel comfortable putting
0: the address of what
1: it's going to be.
2: So, yeah. So if you've got it on there, it's actually going to happen. It's not like a, a, a question mark. It's just that you're not putting the actual location yet.
1: Right. And Eventbrite doesn't, doesn't distinct, like it's either TBD or Like this is the exact address.
2: So Okay, that's probably good for listeners to know so they don't wonder if it's like a a tentative thing or if it's actually said. So that's good to know. Well, we know you're a busy lady and we really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us and to let our listeners into your world a little bit. You're so talented and we're so excited that we got the chance to talk to you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Thank you, Mary. What a pleasure it was to talk to her. Seriously, so much good insight.
2: She said something I really liked. She said that she is either spending time with her children or she's providing for her children. And so that kind of makes me think a little bit that we need to really focus in our bakeries, in our businesses, or however we're doing this. Um, We need to be aware of why we're doing what we're doing. And sometimes I think that means taking a step back and actually analyzing and boy, this might be the best time in the world with things a little bit slower because of the Coronavirus and we're not ramping things up yet. This is probably a good time to take some time and think about why you're doing what you're doing. Are you doing this just for fun? Are you doing this because you need it to be a business? Are you needing this to make a certain amount of money? Whatever the reasons are and whatever your goals are, this would be a good time for you to think about those and to set some of those goals and make some decisions to, to try to reach the potential that you want your bakery to have.
0: Absolutely. And after evaluating those goals, write them down. Seriously, that has helped us so much because right at the beginning, um, it was kind of when I was in school, I was doing social media marketing classes and all that. And we were talking a lot just about running a business, doing all that. And I remember one of my professors talking about how you need to write your goals down, short-term goals, long-term goals, um, and just write them down so that along the way as you're going through your business, you can look back and see that, okay, I accomplished that goal. And you can look at the next goal that, okay, I need to work towards that goal.
2: And we did that in our bakery at the beginning before we actually ever had our first order. We had a little meeting where we sat down and we made some goals of what we wanted to accomplish in our first year. And after our first year, we looked back at those goals and most of them we had
0: reached. And some of them we some were them, some we were a, little, a little, off, little off and we realized that that was a little ambitious. But that's OK. Be ambitious, you guys, because we'll fulfill the goals that we have written down. And Those goals that were ambitious at the time, we've been able to fulfill them just a few months or a year later, whatever it may be, but you'll get there and you'll remember that goal that, okay, I need to work on that one. And seriously, goals are so important, especially as we're running businesses. And so write those goals down, have a mission statement. Know what you want your business to be and and work towards it.
2: Exactly. So our challenge for this week would be to do that. Our challenge is to l- take a look at what you want your business to be and make yourself a little file on your computer or something and write down your bakery goals. And make your goals for the next year, for the next two years, and where you want to maybe see yourself in five years. And they don't have to be big and elaborate. Two or three things that you want to get accomplished this year, two or three things in year two or whatever. Just make sure that they're, that they're good goals and that they're going to help you reach the end game. Um, Mary said that 2019 was her year of yes. And so maybe you need to do something like that. Decide that you're going to take everything that you can to be involved in all of these collaborations or whatever. Just look at your business and what you want it to accomplish
0: and then set some goals. So that's your challenge this week. Goals. And speaking of collaborations... (laughs) She, Miri mentioned um, doing styled shoots and I just wanted to touch base a little bit more on that because we've definitely seen that pay off in our business. Right from the beginning, we I had some photography friends that we messaged, we had different contacts of wedding planners, photographers, and we just reached out to everyone to see if they wanted to do a shoot or collaborate in some way and that helped so much because we were able to get more followers from that. And we know that more followers usually leads to more success, whether it be in orders or um, just success in a supportive group of followers, which is yeah. super important. And we actually had a couple of
2: our cakes featured in magazines because of those collaborations. Yeah.
0: And so... Yeah, seriously, those styled shoots can help so much. And they put you in contact with those photographers, with the people in the wedding field or party field or whatever your ideal client may be. Look for those other vendors that are involved in that um, field and work with them, whether it be a shoot or a giveaway or something. Just work to create good collaborations that will create good relationships future clients and these sound like some good things to put on your challenge this week. Yeah on your goals. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, styled shoots have definitely come in very handy for us. We we have actually a pretty funny story of a styled shoot that wasn't exactly what we were expecting. Because early on we we did say yes to like any of the styled shoots that we got. And one of them was was kind of interesting. <laughs> so we got
2: there. We we took a cake we were pretty proud of. It was a pretty cool cake. And we arrived, and the doors were locked, and we had to call people to let us in. And it, was, it seemed like it was a little bit disjointed or something. And so we got inside finally with our cake, and there was a cake already sitting in the cake display area. And we were like, oh, I guess there's more than one cake. And so we could tell that we were had kind of been forgotten or something. Oh, yeah,
0: for <laughs> sure. I don't know if someone had already reached out to a cake person before a different person had reached out to us, but it definitely it wasn't normal. It was very strange.
2: Yeah, and it was a really elaborate setting for the cake that was already there, and then they ended up taking a picture of our cake sitting on the floor.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> super last minute, too. And, oh, it was so weird. And the florist that was there also collaborating on the styled shoot, she had used every single last flower on the cake that was there before it ours. It was just <laughs>
2: surrounded by flowers, and when and we had been told that there would be flowers for it, and so when we brought our cake in, she was just like, well, we'll move some of the flowers over when we take the picture. So we actually had another wedding reception that we were going to that night, so we went to the reception and then came back and got our cake. and. When there was got,
0: one tiny flower on the cake. Yeah. It was, you guys,
2: <laughs> and when we got the pictures back, the picture or two back, it literally was just the saddest shoot. So yeah. it was. We'll we'll tell you right now. Not necessarily all of them will be perfect, <laughs> but the the good outweighs the bad for sure. <laughs> yes.
0: So so interesting, but point being all of them might turn might not turn out perfect but you will get the ones that will create those good contacts and those good photos and honestly good photos yeah. is, is important for yeah. for our instagram feeds people scroll through and our, and our websites yeah people will scroll through and if they can't if they can't see that you're good at what you're doing and along with that a good photo will help demonstrate what you're good at yeah <laughs> um they'll just keep Keep scrolling looking. through and, just yep, and overlook yours and so make sure that you are getting good photos and lots of good photos come from styled shoots so yeah thanks so much for tuning in guys we hope you'll join
2: us next week when we'll be talking to Kate from Sweet Kate Bakes she is a lot of fun so you won't want to miss that one thanks again to Corey our producer and thanks to all of you for listening we hope you'll join us again next week when we'll continue to talk cake
1: Hey, everyone. This is Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also, subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again and we'll see you next Tuesday.